spiritual that may sound tough tight disrespectful <clears throat> but if we understand the spiritual path that Jesus came to open it will be very simple for us to really grasp because man had lost the value of God's word so anytime an opportunity arose, he pointed man to the importance of the word of the Father. Because he is the second Adam. The first Adam did not live. So we have a tendency to prize the things of this life more than the word of God. We have, we have the tendency to misplace the value of God's word in our lives. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that every time he that loves his mother, his wife, his father more than me is not worthy of me. He who plows his hand into the field and then looks back is not worthy of my kingdom. All these things are because men had lost the value in God's word. One day the Greeks came to see and they told his disciples, sirs, we will see Jesus. When Jesus heard that, the Bible says, Jesus sighed and said, Father, what shall I do? Shall I pass away from this moment? Nevertheless, for this cause I have come. And he never saw them. He never met them. <laughs> he never met them. A request to see Jesus proved a response that had nothing to do with them. He left and did whatever he did. The reason is, Man must learn to value the word. <clears throat> must learn to value the word. He says, God is close to a man who trembles at his word. The one who trembles at his word, he says, to him I am close. So, most of the time we hear the word of God, but we fail to <coughs> internalize it and systemize it into our lives. And so it doesn't work. And we blame God. The word of God is God's only way, only vehicle to walk through our lives, to walk through man's life. It is the door that is open for God to move. Without him, was nothing made that was made without him. Without him. Nothing was made that was made. 
So the channel of God's activity is the word of God. So in our lives, brothers and sisters, we must learn to prize the word of God above our emotions, above our feelings, above our perceptions, above our understanding, above our worldviews, above our thinking, above our mindsets. Because at the end of the day, when all else fails, the word of God remains. Amen. He says, the flowers may fade, the grass may wither, but the word of the Lord endures forever. It is the only thing that will carry you over through the storms of life, through the dark days of life. It is the word of God. It is the word of God. Mary asked Jesus, why have you done this to us when he was 12 years old? And he said, woman, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He says, why do you not understand my speech? Is because you do not understand my Lord. Told them in John chapter 8, he says, If you are of me, if you are of God, the word of God will abide in you. But it doesn't. So I wanted to teach you on the first and last item so that you can understand that life, life is not, is, 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 what we are doing is not some religious system to pass by time. There's something more than that. And when we come, you see, David said this. He says, open my eyes. He said, open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things of your Lord. Open my eyes. Except God opens our eyes, the preciousness of God's word, you, you will never have that thing inside you. The word will never be a precious thing to you. That's why it's so easy for some Christians to joke about it, make jokes about it, do, because they have not ascended to the place where Moses said, this is your life. There is no, there is no other life apart from this. This is your life. James says, don't deceive yourselves. You know what is self-deception? It's coming to the church like this. Going to church and hearing God's word. And then going, living your life and not living by the word you heard. And then expecting a change. And then when the change does not come, you say to God, but God, I attend church. God will say, yes, you attend church, but do you do my word? Concerned about many things. Only one thing is needed, and that is listening to the voice of Jesus, pressing in to hear his voice. Except you make the efforts, you may live and die and never hear God. 
Jesus said, narrow is the way. He said, the, 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 the right way is a hard road. Those who are willing to make the effort, he says, they will enter in. He says, many they be, they desire, he doesn't say they, he says, they desire to enter in. God's word to you. What does it mean? What does it mean? Adam did not prize the word of God. He failed. We are failures without the word of God. And something we must we must be convinced of. We are failures without the word of God. No matter what we are doing in this life, we are failures. If we do not prize, prioritize. I have rejected Saul, bro. He has turned away from following me. I have rejected him. Harsh words from God. I have rejected him, or he has turned away from following me. Ah. Hallelujah. So who has value the word of God? All right. We must. We must force our being. Force our flesh to move in the path, in the direction of the word of God. Otherwise, 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 there would be no life, no vigor in our Christian work. That's why most of us in the church today, we are confused. We are confused because we wonder, how is it? That our lives today are so far removed from what we read in the Bible. So because we don't know what to do, we try to incorporate other systems that are void of the word of God. Because we don't know. We don't know. We are not willing to stay long enough for the word of God to see its results through. Joshua, let me show you something in Joshua chapter 21. This is not what we want to teach, but I want to help you, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Hey, no word of God. But they that know they are God shall do great They that know God. Do you know your God? See the reason why we are unable to enter into these dimensions of exploits? Because we don't know our God. 
we don't know our God. The Bible says, when Adam knew his wife, something came up. That, that proved and showed that they were intimate. It's the same in the spirit. When you know your God, they will be showing And he says, what is the person's exploits? Well, let, let me show you this. Joshua 21, 43. What we want to read is 45, but it's well on the way. So 43 says, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he has sown to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. Now, this was a word that God had given to Abraham almost 500 years ago he gave to Abraham he says I will bless your descendants 500 years later the Bible says and the Lord gave to all Israel all the land which they had sworn which he had sworn to give to their fathers and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Notice, notice the, the terminology the Bible uses. All, 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 all. And then he says in verse 45, Not a word has faith, O son. <laughs> not a word not a word Lemaya, not a word fame of any good thing notice what the Bible says because there were bad things that the Lord had said and spoken concerning them so the Bible focuses on all the good things that God has spoken into their lives into their destiny it says not a word fame of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. If he ever speak it, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It is not possible that the word of God should fail. It is not possible. It cannot happen. If his word ever fails, it is not God. So it took 500 years for that word to come to fruition. But it did come to pass. Even though Abraham may not have physically lived in the promise, but he saw the what the he had the foretaste, Isaac. Isaac was the first fruit. Isaac was the first fruit. You understand? So there are things that God would speak into your life, and that's that's actually what I wanted to talk about. There are things which God would speak into your life that you may never see in your generation. But there is a generation that will feel the impact of what God has spoken into your life. When God sent Elijah to bring a word against Ahab, he told all the bad things that God is going to do to Ahab. The Bible says, and Ahab fasted. And he put sackcloth on. And then God said to Elijah, he says, see how Ahab humbles himself. Nevertheless, the thing which I have 
determined to do, I will not do in his days, but I will do to his children. Because the man just chose to humble himself and fast. Not to pray, just fast, to humble himself. God said, oh, let me change it. What I want to do, his word still came to pass, but not on, in Ahab's days, in his son's days. It's not one word faith. So you can go throughout all the promises that God gave to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and read it. And you look 400, 500 years later, not one word faith. We give up too easy. We give up too soon. His word cannot fail. His so shall it be the word which goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, God, but shall accomplish the thing which I have said. We are unwilling to stay with the word because our circumstances deceive us. We allow ourselves to fall prey to our circumstances. Yet Paul says, do not look at the things which are perishing. So when things don't change, God, where are you? When his promises tarry, he says, though it tarries, waits, it shall come to pass. Though it tarries, though it take time, it says, wait. Wait. Though you are mocked by the circumstances, mocked by voices, where is your God? says wait because if he spoke it you will have the last laugh Jesus. when the Lord he said when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion we were like them that because they did not believe God had spoken you will return to Israel they said ah when, when the conditions are like this and decades passed, and surely God returned them. And the Bible says they were like them that dream. When they saw the walls of Jerusalem, they stepped into Jerusalem, the city of God. They were, they were like those that dream. Because how? Oh, Lord Jesus. How could this thing happen? No, it is the word of God. There is enough power, yeah. enough energy. By the working of him who is able to bring all things under his power. Yeah. He is able. Yeah. He is able. Yeah. He, is, he says, is the hand of the Lord too short that he may not deliver? Ah. No, he's not. Ah. So what I do is that I trust it. I trust his word. If he said it in his word, it is sure. It is sure. No matter what says what, who says what, says the word remains. Amen. Why side with things that are temporary? I told you last week because we lack. Conviction. 25 years later, after God spoke to Abraham, nothing still happened. And Abraham started to get worried now. 
said to the Lord when the Lord appeared to him and blessed him. He said, I hear you. You said this thing to me 25 years ago, but I don't have an heir. Will this, who is my servant, be my heir? And God said, listen, a seed from your own loins shall be your heir. And Abraham said, <laughs> it's 25 years. He's laughing. I am laughing. God changed his name. They have Abraham now. He was a Zoom father. When he was a Zoom father, everybody, Abraham, 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 because he's a Zoom, you're not father. And he had no children. Then God changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations. Everybody was like, what? What? What's this? God said, I've made you a father of many nations, but where is the result? Isn't it strange? He says to him, I've made you a father of men. But it took a whole 25 years when God appeared to Abraham at age 75. The, the promise was fulfilled at age 99. Yet God had said, you are a father of many nations. Nothing was forthcoming. I told you, says the word of God is tried seven times. In those 25 years, the word of God was tried. Was tried. So God does not speak and it does not come to pass. Don't we tell his ways. We must develop a stickability with the word of God. The ability to stay with the word of God. To stay with it. To stay. Even, even when what he says does not show in our lives, in our world. Because he calls those things which be not as though they were. As though they were. So, in Christianity, we have trouble waiting because we don't understand the ways of God. We don't understand how He works. We think He works according to our thinking. It says, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thinkings are not your thinkings. I don't think as you think. My ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than yours. So there is no way man can fathom the deepness of his wisdom, the deepness of his knowledge, the deepness of his understanding, except he reveals it to you. <clears throat> so I, I don't know how he thinks. But his word gives us, oh, that's why I love the word. The word of God gives us lenses through which we can analyze his thoughts. You understand? Through the word, there is a straight line in God's mentality that we can perceive. The Spirit of God said to me, God's program for raising men has never changed. 
It is the same throughout all generations. But not in our generation, in generations previous. Because in previous generations, in, 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 in Bible days, it was not the gift that determined the assignment. It was the voice. Today we may have the gift and lack the voice, but we will run. Yet there is a set way to which God reaches man. To which God brings man into the platform of destiny. Some people hear, some, some people think that God has a special relationship with them. That they are exempt from all the processes of God. They are special to God. <laughs> They believe that they can sin and nothing will happen to them. God loves them. When it comes to them, God is, God is very lenient. God is not so lenient that he would bypass his word to cater for your own purpose. I've said this so many times. He is not faced. He is not faced. And our, our understanding is unable to reconcile. How is that possible? Go ask Job. Why do, why do you always use Job? Listen, men are patterns. Do you understand? Men are patterns through which we can see the operations of God. So if if if, if God wants to show you how trouble works, he will send you to Job. If God wants to show you how disobedience works, he will send you to Jonah. He said the sign of Jonah. So Jonah was a sign. So men are signs pointing to the operations of God. If God wants to show you how to climb the mountain, he said go to Moses, he'll teach you. If God wants to teach you how to walk to the mountain of God for 40 days with the strength of a food you ate 40 years ago, he says, go to Elijah, boy. go to Elijah. Elijah will show you. If he wants to show you how to outrun the system, the technology of the chariots, he will say, go to Elijah. Ask him how I put wind in his legs to fly beyond the chariots of Ahab. That's how he works. Just depends what side you might be. He says, I will make, I says, I will make these people a proverb amongst the nation. A proverb. You know what's a proverb? He said, well, don't be like this one. So some people in the eyes of God are made proverbs. They see this one, see what happened to the other. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Oh, glory to God. Job. He knows very well. Praise the Lord. 
will not appear to you for a thing, for a thing that is plain <coughs> given to you in his word. Hallelujah. So first Corinthians chapter 15. I hope somebody will help. tell you that when we started this series it, it will take me several months to to cover it. When did we start it? Now? Uh, when did we start the series? It is the 12th week. The 12th week now. So it's 4, 8, 12. So it's July, June, May. Right? I'm going backwards. May. So we started around May, right? So I said probably we might finish it around September or October because we, we, we still have been covering the first Adam. Okay? And I wanted to highlight certain things before we move into the second part of the series with regards to the last Adam. Okay? So I did not intend to discuss Satan, origins of Satan, evil, and all those things. Right? But we had to, to point out one little detail in the event in the garden with Adam himself. So we, we, we saw that nothing escapes the omniscience of God. Nothing escapes him. So all activities, all activities submit to the omniscience of God. All activities. Oh, think about this. Think about this. There is no activity that has taken place, that is taking place, that will take place, that God has not had any previous knowledge of. All prophecies are past events to God. You follow? There are past events. What he tells you he will do is something in his mind that is already said. So we, we saw how he creates evil, manipulates his operations for his own end, to, for his own purpose. We saw how God is so intelligent in setting the order and events of life. And we discussed the purpose of man, the reason why God created man, why some men, even though they don't know God, prosper, progress, because they fall part of the blessing that God has granted the first Adam. And there is also a second and last Adam. I want to show you something along those lines. We can say it's a, the second part of the series, the introductory part as well. <laughs> Alright? We're going back to Genesis, but I want you to start here to show you something. The Bible says, great is the mystery. And I told you that man is as much as a mystery as God is. <laughs> did, did, did you get that? Did you get that? He is 
as much a mystery as God. Because great is the mystery of God. Great is the mystery of Paul said in Ephesians, this is a great mystery. So they share equal weight in its mysteriousness. So to understand man, you must understand God. To understand God, you must understand man. These two correlate with one another. They are mirrors to each other. Praise the Lord. So the, the objective is that you should, you, 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 you will learn and be able to appraise these things into your own life, to put them into your own life and see with which path of God's wisdom fits at which point and in which area in your life. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Ephesians, I mean, 1 Corinthians. suggest that there will also be a third. Do you understand? So he says the first Adam became was a living soul, was a living being. Right? And then he says the last Adam signified that whoever that last Adam is, is the last kind of the species of man. You will never have another fourth, another fifth. So he says there are only two kinds of men. Two kinds of Adams. He says the one who has a living soul and the last one who what? Who became. Notice, he what? He became. He wasn't always a life. He became a life-giving spirit. 
So both of them are men, but the 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 the, the process of their creation is different. That one was created, that one was born. You follow? The one was formed, the one was born. The one the Bible says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. The one was natural, the other was spiritual. So these are the defining characteristics of these two different species of men. So the entire Bible is about one thing. The whole Bible is about what all this thing in what we all this thing in this world is about one thing. From the purview of God is about one thing. Is about the origin of man and his destiny. All that we see from what because man was lawless, man was not fitted, was not created to live in heaven. God did not design man for the heavens. He designed man. He created man to live on earth. Heaven is not the abode of man. So you say, but pastor, when men die today, they go to heaven. They go to heaven because there was a change. There was an interruption in God's program. So what God needed to do is that to create a waiting place. For those who would serve them and believe on him until a time where God is ready now to bring in and usher in a perfect environment by which man and God can coexist on earth. You follow? So heaven is the abode of spirits. Man is a spirit, but he's a spirit for the body. So his hope is on earth. Now the reason why God wanted man to live on earth was so that man, or God through man, might display himself through creation. So man was supposed to be the physical representation of the invisible God. So every, every being in all other galaxies, the Bible says, praise the Lord, ye hosts of heaven. So there are hosts who, who occupy the heavens. There are creatures, there are beings who occupy the heavens. It says, praise the Lord, but they don't know the Lord. You understand that? Because when God, let's let just say, God, God created some beings that occupied a certain planet. When he created them, God is in heaven, not in that planet. His presence is there, but his manifested presence is in heaven. Right? So those creatures may never have the, 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 the ability to go where God is, except God invites them. So God said, I will create men, that through men I will school creation. Through man, I will enter creation and all that I created into a university to learn about me. So man is God's school for his creation. Through man, all creation learns about God. Because man was made in the image and in the likeness of God. You understand that? So that's why when Adam, the first Adam failed, God said, I will bring in another Adam. Because from this Adam, we can... Creation cannot learn in its fullness, in its perfection about me. 
But I will introduce a revelation through this man of my love and compassion for what I have created. That they may see, even when creation fails, I am still God and my love still prevails. You follow? So all this is a school. The Bible talks about how he, he yearns to show through the church from one age to another his infinite kindness. And again, he says, how through the church he wants to what? Manifest the complicated wisdom of God. Through the principalities and powers. So every other being, the angels depend on us to know more about God. You understand that? They depend on us. They depend on our progression in God. The more you walk with God, the more angels learn about God. So the first Adam failed. He was natural. You see that? He was natural. The second was spiritual. And then he says, the first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. So there is there is a generation. Can you see that? He says, as was the man of dust, every man that, everyone that came from the man of dust, he says, was also from the dust. And then he says this, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So we share the same DNA as the heavenly man. So how, how, how is that process? It's revealed in John chapter 1 verse 12. He says, but to as many as received him and believed on his name, he gave the power to become sons of God. That's God's birthing system. Do you understand that? To believe on the son of God and on his name. He says, you are registered as a son of God. Born not of flesh, not of blood, not the will of man, but of God himself. So you become heaven that's how we take on you see that's how we, that's what being that's what that's, that's that's why jesus introduced the term being born again you understand that being born again it's it's a regeneration it's a a a a, a not a renewal a regeneration so you are born again that's why nicodemus says shall i enter my mother's womb again and come out jesus said to him how are you a teacher of the law and you don't know these things? If you do not understand and I speak of earthly things, how much more when I speak to you of heavenly things? So, according to Jesus' mind, this time being born again was a heavenly thing. I mean, was an earthly thing. It was something that to take place in the earth. It was concerning the earth. And he, he was the one that brought it. So to turn from the man of dust into the heavenly man. He is the agency. There is one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. The mediator to our transition into the heavenly man. So 
That's where Christianity is. When you believe, you are born again. When you are born again, you are now the heavenly man. You, you form part of the family of the heavenly man. Your DNA is now changed. You following? Because God said, Thus thou, thou art, and thus shalt thou return. But we don't go back to the dust. Jesus said to the Pharisees, Did you not hear that he is the God of Isaac? I mean, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then he said, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the heavenly man. And as we have born, oh, as we have born, the image of the man of dust, let us also bear the image of the heavenly man. So we are commanded as sons and daughters of God to bear forth to our world the image of the heavenly man. Throughout our lives, we lived as the man of dust. We yield ourselves to the passions of the man of dust, the weakness of the man of dust. You understand that? The, the, the slavery of the man of dust. But he says, now that we have believed on him, he says, let us also bear that image. What is that image? To bear the image of the heavenly man, we must know who he was. You see that? We must know who he was. So, Neo gets born again, and when Neo gets born again, in his church, there is no curriculum that caters for the newly born again that will rear them up in the ways of the Lord, right? So, Neo starts coming to church, and he comes to church. In church, they start teaching him about curses, start teaching him about uh, breakthroughs, start teaching him about uh, witchcraft, start teaching him about uh, prosperity, start teaching him about all these things that have nothing to do with what he came into. That has everything to do with the man of dust and the activities that surrounded his fall. So Nero grows up thinking every time he prays, he must pray to break a curse. Every time he prays, he must pray to God for prosperity. Every time he prays, Nero must now wake up at 12 a.m. to combat the witches of the night. So the entire Christian experience of Neo now becomes around what? Around the things of who? Of the man of dust. So he works trying to alleviate, to, to, to detach himself from the works of the flesh, which he has no business of because he is a new creation now in Christ. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So he gets teachings that, that, that always pushes him to stimulate the flesh. And not walk in the spirit. So his consciousness is in the flesh. Witchcraft is a thing of the flesh. So Nero grows up as a Christian and never knows how to bear the image of the heavenly. He is a Christian by name, but not by experience. by name registered 
Your name is registered in, the, in Zion. But your experience reflects other. Your experience in life reflects other. Today, when you look at your life, you say, I'm a believer. But my experience is opposing my belief. I suffer sickness. I'm prone to death. I move and live in lack. The things that torment the man of dust are tormenting me. Why? Because you have not been shown the right mirror. So always before you, as you attend church, the mirror you are shown points back to Adam. You understand that? So therefore, you, you, you cannot exemplify the life that you came into because the mirror you are shown always points back to where you come from. Because you don't even know who this heavenly man is. So let's find it there, right? Is it fine? Yes. Let's find it there. Let's find it there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. As the children were partakers of flesh and blood, so what? So he also took of the same, that he through death might taste death for all, and deliver, oh Jesus. Let's find it. But what came in the likeness of a slave, put on flesh and blood. It's amazing, huh? But we'll discuss that. Chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at chapter 3. <laughs> chapter 3. Uh, verse number 11. Verse number 9, the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he answered, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was... 
afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. This is after they, they had eaten of the tree. We discussed that, right, extensively. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Because it was the only tree in the garden that would reveal man's nakedness. Did you hear what I just said? It was the only tree in the garden that would reveal his nakedness, that would, that would, that would stimulate your consciousness that they were naked. Because in chapter 2, they were both naked and not ashamed. So there was something in their, in their minds that, that, that spiritualized their condition. But eating of that tree canalized their condition. And so they saw that they were naked and they were afraid. And God says, who told you? Who told you? Who told you? So they received that. that you see, that, that tree gave them certain information about themselves. That did not come from God. So they began to live by what? Information. Canal information. And revelation ceased. You see, revelation is that which you know without the agency of your mind. Do, do, do you understand? Yes. It, 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 is, it, is, it is knowledge without mental involvement. The Bible calls it love that surpasses understanding. So God can give you a revelation of his love that your mind cannot even assimilate. And that's how God designed them to live by revelation, to be taught by God. So what we do is that we settle to be taught by the elements of this world other than God himself. So that, that, is, that is symbolic and ref, uh, uh, ref, ref, reflectory of the life of the flesh, the life of the garden, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. And we see it in the system today, is the tree, what you are learning in school is from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. not to trust in uncertain riches. So they ate, right? Then the man said, the woman, the woman who you gave, he's blaming God, whom you gave to be with me. She gave me of the tree and I ate. She's the woman you gave. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Hmm. The woman said, the serpent, the serpent, the serpent 
The serpent received. 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 So deception is a tool of Satan. You know what deception? Let me help you. What deception is, right? Deception is the thought or the thoughts you have, for instance, surrounding your prayer life, right? You know, as a Christian man, or you are, you must pray, right or wrong? <laughs> I want to show you. You know, as a Christian, you must pray, right? You must spend time in prayer. You know it. Monday comes, Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, Thursday comes, Friday comes, and you don't pray. Now the thoughts that support your inactivity in prayer is what deception is. Did you, did you, guys, did you get that? The thoughts that, that support and sponsor your inactivity is what deception is. And it's Satan. Because his first tool, his primary tool is deception. So, so no, I was too tired. I was too tired. I had a long day today. God understands. Right? I'm too much in emotional pain. I can't pray. <laughs> I'm too stressed. How can I pray when I'm too stressed? Or oh, I'm hurt. You just had a fight with your boss or colleague or whatever, and you are hurt. You are angry. Can't be angry. I can't pray. I'm angry. <laughs> What's stopping you from prayer is not the anger. All the stress, all the emotional hurts, all the tiredness is the thoughts that's, that, that sponsor your inaction. That's what, that's what deception is. So Satan doesn't have to stop you from prayer by making you angry. Elijah was depressed, he prayed. Jonah was sad, he prayed. Moses was angry, he prayed. <laughs> Jesus was sorrowful. He prayed. So all those things are, are, are not powerful enough to stop you from prayer. You understand that? David had just sinned, adultery. He prayed. just murdered. He prayed. You understand that? So all those things, Satan, no, they are not powerful enough. But, but what he knows can stop you is the, is the train of thought, is the mindset. Behind that inactivity. Why did I, why did, why did you come to church? I was hurt. <laughs> oh, you know, I had, I was too busy. Deception. That's, that, that's what deception is. I don't even want to get into sin. I don't want to get into it because when we get there, it's on a high level. <laughs> You know you feel bad. Yeah. If you don't feel bad, you're not a Christian. The Spirit of Christ is not you. <laughs> Listen, in the Spirit of Christ, after sinning, you feel bad. You know, you feel. Oh my God, why did I get this? 
The fact that the Bible says, if we sin, our heart condemns us. But God is greater than our hearts. Right? So, you mess up. Inside, your, your heart tells, your heart condemns you. The fact that you are condemned by doing that thing, it shows you that that thing is not for you. Yeah. <coughs> it's not for you. Why? Why are you doing it? You just stole. <laughs> you stole. You stole money that your mother left. <laughs> you stole it. Because <laughs> you needed it. You never said anything. <laughs> All of a sudden, you feel it inside. You don't even enjoy the thing you bought that money with. You are vexed. You need it. When you were stealing the money, you were telling you, you need this thing. You need, you need. You was convincing me, you need this thing. You need, your, your mother will not know. They will not know it well. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, Vincent was telling us, uh, Chris was telling us that uh, when, 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 when certain things in, their, in, the, in, the, in the warehouse gets broken, right? So they chow it. <laughs> so Vincent said, boy, when, when he's their old man, all right? <laughs> so don't look at him now and say, hey, 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 hey. So he said, you, you, you wait for these things to break? He says, we break them. He <laughs> says, we used to break this just so that we can eat them. We break maybe 50 and shake. That's the operation of the old man. And, and behind that, the thought was, I want this thing. And they have too much. They can't finish it. <laughs> it's, like going to, it's like going to a bank and say, I want to rob a bank. I need the money. They have too much money. Deception. When he goes to strike, right against the white folks. Baja cheleta rona. Baja. Kicheleta mouth. The guy who were again, see? Oh. Oh, oh, kinder. Oh, oh. Deception. So deception leads us into what? All kinds of mysterious sin. That's how in Romans chapter 2, the Bible says they were inventors of sin. They invented certain sins. Read Romans 2. It's through deception. It says they knew God existed, but they did not retain his truth in their minds. Deception. The woman, the woman admitted, I was deceived. And we're born on Devate Sohola. Because Adam ran. He ran away. He he from God, I don't know. Imagine God made him. Now all of a sudden he's hiding from the God who made him. Is your child, right? When your child was still small, you bat them and bat them. And then now when they reach a certain age, they don't want you to bat them anymore. They close the door. They lock the door. I bat him. But this is the whole, you gave birth to this child. Now no, no, I'm okay. <laughs> Why? Because a, there is a consciousness that's been stimulated. So when Zoe was little, would bath her and do that, you know, she would come out of the bathroom, you know, going out this thing. Now she's a lady, a toad. 
The next time we're trying to get flu, we won't know about weekend. Why you told me I'll be good there? You have been eaten. <laughs> the devil is stealing, is stealing your, your hearing. You know, your, your, your hearing has been eaten. Your eyes has been eaten. Nose, your, your assignments blocked. You have been eaten. You are being eaten. Because money comes from a tree again. And the tree comes from the ground again. And the Lord God said to the earth, bring forth every tree. You shall eat all the days of your you shall eat. Mm. You shall eat. Why? As long as you bear the image of the earthy, the image of the man of dust. Remember, it says the man of dust. As long as you bear the image of the man of dust, the serpent is authorized to eat you. told you, these things are mysteries. Look at Jesus. Did he ever suffer sickness? Did he ever suffer sickness? Never. Rather, he healed sick. He delivered what? He was the heavenly man. I will rebuke the, the devourer for your sake. The devour, the what? The what? The what? Devourer. God says there is a devourer eating you up. Malachi. That devourer, who, who, who from that devourer? God himself. He told you, you will go on your bed, you are cursed, you will eat dust. Devourer. So at that moment, the devourer was created. A creature that was not previously. This thing is a, this thing is a result of the, the, this creature is a result of the fall. And notice he was speaking to much more than the, 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 the host that Satan was speaking to, the serpent. He was speaking to the spirit behind. It's just like, it's just like when God commanded the children of Israel to kill Amalek. Right? And he said to Moses, he says, I swear by my own name that I will hunt Amalek down through all generations. Now, there was a time Joshua killed all the descendants of Amalek. Right? Now, why does... God need to go to other generation to seek out Amalek when Amalek is killed in that generation of Joshua. It is because Amalek was much more than what? Was much more than a physical civilization, a physical race. Amalek represented a spirit that God was always after. What did Amalek do? Israel said to Amalek, let us pass through. Amalek said yes. But Amalek came from behind and attacked Israel. So God said, I will ever be against that spirit that attacks its brother. It's Amalek. When you say somebody stabbed you in the back, it's Amalek. So God said, that spirit I will always hunt. So God raises up men to deal with certain spirits. 
that plague men's lives. You, you, you follow what I, what, I just, what I just told you? He raised up Joshua to deal with Amalek. He raised up David to deal with who? The giants. All these are spirits. The spirit of Cain. You know the spirit of Cain? It says he that hates his brother is a murderer. He that hates his brother. You are operating the spirit of Cain. Every time you are you hate your brother. It's the spirit of Cain. It means whatever happens to you. Whatever happens to you. Would have been set precedence by what happened to Cain. It's the spirit. Why would God say if you hate your brother you are a murderer. In other words, to God, you don't have to kill physically to be a murderer. Hate. Hate and that spirit, that spirit will operate through you. Men are hosts of spirits. They're host spirits. Spirits, spirits desire expression in the physical. When, 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 when Jesus could not find a place in a city where they were going, the disciples said to Jesus, Master, shall we call down fire like Elijah? And Jesus, the Bible says, he, he rebuked him and said, you do not know what spirit you are. That means the spirit that Elijah used to call down fire was not the right one. It's like, it's like Moses. <laughs> God says to Moses, speak to the rock. In his anger, he hits the rock. And God says, you have a different spirit. You will see the land, but you will not enter him. You will die. The actions of men in the Bible have set a pattern through which we can live, decide to live. The Bible speaks about the spirit of Elijah that John the Baptist came in and Jesus said, Elijah has come when he and his disciples were coming down from the mountain. He said, Elijah has come. Elijah has come. Has come. Has come. How did he come? When, 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 when Mike, when Gabriel spoke to Zechariah, he said, he shall come in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn again the disobedience of the children to their father. So when John the Baptist lived, he was a host to a spirit. He was a host. The Holy Spirit, the Bible calls him the spirit of Jesus. You understand that? He's the spirit of the Holy Ghost. He's the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Christ. So when you believe in Jesus, what happens? That spirit tabernacles in you, you become his host. So Christ lives out your life through his spirit in you. He that loves knows God and is known by God and God lives in him. This, by this we tell that we have passed from death to life if you love the brethren. But he hurt me. It's not about death. Uh-uh. It's not about that. It's not about that. It, it, it's about, it's about what, what activity of the spirit you set in motion when you behave in a certain manner. When, 
where the Christian says the Christian, but he moves from one church to another. One, he's changing churches every single two years. Every single year, he he's a spirit that's hosting him. God said to Cain, you will not find rest everywhere you go. In other words, you'll be a vagabond seeking for rest. But then there's Lamech, he burst his son, he says, this is Noah, in him we have found rest. And truly so, they found rest because God to that man hosted the ark. So you are speaking to much more than the serpent, the field. You are speaking to the hope, to the host, the spirit. You are speaking to the spirit that, that was hosted in that serpent. Diablo. <clears throat> Satanus. So you look, where did fornication begin? Genesis chapter 6. So it tells you the fruit of fornication. That's what the Bible says, flee fornication. Because it creates certain things in the spirit, oh Lord.
He walks through generations and Satan knows it. So Satan walks through generations. How do you explain? How do you explain? In that family, almost everyone can sing. It's a heritage. That's what we call her spiritual heritages. I'll teach you this one day. Spiritual heritages. Every, every person in that family can sing. Nobody went to music school. All can sing, all can play the instrument. God of generations. Satan operates the same mode through generations. If Satan knows, let me show you something. If Satan knows, right, that at this point in the, in the family line of this family, someone will rise <clears throat> right in the earth from God. You know what he does? He, he, he starts as far as possible and corrupts the family line. Yeah. He's a strategist. Why? He knows because by the time it gets here to the one who must rise, he will have difficulty rising because of the corruption in his DNA. That's why we must bear the image of the heavens. It's a generational thing. It's a DNA thing. alive you're not alive he died before you you're grown up but you wonder you follow the same patterns of your father but no the papa this agent there are no how you have not you have not learned from your father who taught you to smoke the god of generations so a spirit is rearing you is teaching you these things leading you this way why? You are bearing the image of the man of dust. So sometimes you can't blame man for being poor. Do you understand what? You can't blame them for being poor because it's the, the, the problem can only be solved through the employment of spiritual tools, spiritual weapons, the Bible calls it. And until a man, God raises a man in that family or to that family, to destroy that stronghold, it may never end. May never end. Enter the blood of Jesus. Enter the blood of Jesus. Because it is the blood that wipes away the handwriting of what the condemnations that were against us. I love Jesus. His word is true. So he tells the serpent, you are cursed. Do you see that? He's a cursed being. You are cursed. You are cursed. You are cursed. You are cursed more than all the beasts of the field. You are cursed. You shall eat dust. Why craves men so much? Why spirits of the devil crave men so much? Then he says, I will put enmity. Oh Lord Jesus, thank you, Father. I will put enmity between you 
and the woman. Satan's greatest threat has always been the woman. Oh, get, did you hear what I just told you? He said, and the Lord spoke the word and great were the women who published it. There were more women following Jesus in his ministry than there were men. In fact, the Bible says the women supported him, sponsored his life. Satan's greatest enemy is a woman. Though women came by men, all men came through. And women are bearers of destiny. Whatever comes out of that woman's womb is destiny bound. So he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. You and the woman. You and the woman. You and the woman. I will put enmity. Why? Because of what is coming. Between you and the woman. Oh, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, Between you, between your seed and her seed. Notice, between your seed and her seed. Between your seed, you, by now you know he's not talking to the serpent. He's talking to a spirit. Between, between your seed. Do you know that a snake does not need to have sex with another snake to give birth? Did you know that? He's now he learned something. They don't need. Is that coincidence? And it is the male snake that lays eggs. Hmm. Is that coincidence? Between your seed, your seed, your seed, and her seed. By the time God gets here, things are complicated because it is not the woman that produces seed. It's the man. The woman bears the seed. But here God says, her seed. So there is the promise of the woman bearing, not only bearing, but producing a seed. So God says, this is what I will do to you. I will find a woman through which to incubate a divine seed. The Christ and the Antichrist. Then he says, he shall bruise your head. Mm. And you shall bruise his feet. The power of prophecy. Mm. I've got a few minutes. Let me just say this. God could not do what he did when Jesus came until he laid down the foundation for his coming. It required a prophetic word to establish a route, a pathway, a highway through which Jesus would travel 
and come in because Jesus had always been alive. Now think about this is amazing. This is amazing. Because God in his ability can just appear and put on flesh. He's the one, he's the God that created all flesh. The Bible calls him the God of the flesh. So he formed the flesh of man. Are you following me? He formed the flesh of man. So God in his power, in his omnipotence can produce flesh. So he, he can just appear and says, bam, I'm Jesus. But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. It shows how God always performs, demonstrates, and manifests his plans through his word. He must speak before he appears. He must speak before he manifests. Except he speaks, there shall be no manifestation because he can only operate. You see, what gives God the allowance of expression is his word. The Bible tells us that the heavens of old and the earth will be dissolved and God will bring in a new tabernacle. Right? What that tells us is that God's glory cannot be contained by this earthly and heavenly condition. So he would need to remove the heavens and the earth so that his full glow and the tabernacle of God was what man can come. So until that time, what God does is that he only manifests a certain glory in the heavens, a certain glory in the earth, and then he himself, he himself, he hides away in a secret place. Because the Bible says the, the mountains quake at the presence of the Lord. Not even him, the presence of the Lord. So the weight of his presence cannot be contained by this universe. Except he creates a new one. A new heaven and a new earth. And I saw, Isaiah said, a new heaven and a new earth. And he said to me, I create all things in you. So the only thing that can cause him to appear and show forth uh, uh, glimpses of his glory is through his word. So he speaks and then that word becomes his canopy of expression. Follow me. A body thou has prepared. A body thou has prepared for me. A body thou has prepared. The Bible says the body of Jesus was not of this creation. A body not made by human hands. That's what the Bible says. A body that was prepared for me. So he, he, he gives the word to Satan. The word comes to Satan because he's the one that orchestrated everything. It's amazing. The wisdom of God. Satan thought that through destroying Adam's and Eve's destiny, he will end up being a champion. But God, through that predicament, set up in motion another plan to bring in the last Adam that would usher in the coming of the new heavens and the new age. And he said, your seed and her seed. Your seed and her seed. Your seed.
is set in motion. That's why, that's why when Jesus met Paul at the road to Damascus, Jesus said to Paul, 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 why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? He said, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting, not my church, why are you persecuting me? Was not Paul persecuting Christians? But Jesus said, you are persecuting, he took it personal. You are persecuting me because that church was important to you. So Christianity was included in the prophecy. He shall bruise you, he bruised Paul. And you, your seed, shall bruise his heel. Amazing, amazing grace, amazing grace. What made the coming of the second Adam possible was the same thing that made the coming of the first Adam possible. Let us make men prophecies. Prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. So the objective of prayer then becomes what? To receive prophecy. What is prophecy? It is the speaking forth, the speaking forth of God's mind, of God's counsel. Satan is suffering the prophecy given 6,000 years ago. Isn't it strange? Can God give you a prophecy? that will hedge your future, that will hedge your destiny. A prophecy that will, that will torment your sins. People died because of Jesus when he was born, but Satan still could not touch him. Children died when Moses was born, yet Moses was preserved because prophecy had already been established. That one is untouched. What prophecy allows God to do in your life is to hide you until the time of your manifestation. So Jesus was hidden. Was hidden in the wounds of the Spirit. But it, the prophecy. You know what the Bible says today about Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 2? He says, Who have whom heaven must what? Must keep. Until all the prophetic words spoken to him. It says heaven. Heaven must keep him. Until every prophecy spoken concerning him is fulfilled. Prophecy. Prophecy. The power of expression. I want you to pray now and ask the Lord to give you prophecies that will shape your destiny. Give you prophecy that will affect your generational life. To give you prophecy that will give you eyes and give you wings to fly. To give you prophecies that will stir your spirit aflame for God. Begin to pray now. Ask God, give me prophecies. Give me words. Words like fire, words like heaven. Give me words that are weapons of a shitty barabah. Like a brand so good, bro. 